welcome to another episode of Black Boy Joy Podcast. You're here with me, Ainsley. And also with me, Kieran. And yes, we are joined by um, a mate of mine, one of the um, first people from Black Boy Joy Podcast that I actually know personally. Uh, warm welcome to Rachel Dainty, uh Vice and Editor-in-Chief of Chapter Z Magazine. Welcome to Black Boy Joy, Rachel. Hello. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> hey. So, hey. I guess for full disclosure, um, we've actually like started recording a uh, podcast like ages ago. And because of this like really bad internet connection I've got, we've got to like start again. So this is like really like introduction take two, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> so to start again, I asked you like how you, uh, how you were in all of this coronavirus madness, Rachel. <laughs> Yeah, and I am okay, uh, which is the most important thing. Um, but just, I, I think we were talking about how we haven't seen each other, me and Ainsley, since last summer. Uh, and things have like changed a lot since the last summer, uh, just in my like personal life. Um, I've moved, I, I live near Ainsley. He, he's just found out. We <laughs> <laughs> <Down the> <laughs> probably live like, I'm going to say 20 minutes away. I don't yeah, know. 20 minute walk at most. Yeah, I can yeah. walk to yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's been, that's been a big change, but it's been like so good <laughs> for my mental health. Yeah. Uh, I live alone and it's just been so like freeing oh my god it's been so freeing um just to have my own space and to just like to have my own space like be but to also to like think and create and just be in my own little bubble um and through that I started writing more um and then through that now I've got <laughs> my new job as editor-in-chief of chapter z magazine um and yeah so it's just been a i feel like it's been a snowball effect of just things yeah but, yeah that's great so what so you live alone now uh, you, yeah. you moved like in like mid last year oh uh, so i moved in october last year okay right yeah. i see so how is like how is dealing with this lockdown if you're just like living by yourself at home oh my god it's so good <laughs> being alone is not an issue at all um like in the first lockdown i was like at my parents house and it was just like we have a mm, uh, interesting relationship or lack of so it's just it was just like being in that like uh kind of environment and not having anywhere else to go it was just making me notice how much <laughs> this ain't it <laughs> so, mm. I, I won't lie to you at all um and i've kind of always wanted to live like just having like experience living by myself mm-hmm. but i never thought i could afford to do it in london and so weirdly being at home and saving like helped me get to this position um so lockdown now like being like being alone and it's not an issue at all uh, it's not an issue at all um i obviously have my like i'm in a relationship so my girlfriend is my support bubble so i kind of see i don't i see her like semi-regularly so that's mm-hmm. so company is not an issue either um so i'm okay it's just there are other things <laughs> there are other issues yeah. but yeah <laughs> it's good yeah. i spent lockdown one well, i was living by myself in lockdown one mm. and then i swapped around so now i'm in a flat share um 
and it could be much worse but I do like like you're saying your own space to like get lost in your own thoughts mm-hmm. not have to negotiate different things like with your time and space it's just I love it um yeah yeah what you're and I think because you're bad and bougie here um it only really works with you when you live alone. <laughs> I'm, 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 be- I'm best off by myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and I think like one of my older brothers said to me, like, once you live by yourself, it's very difficult to then go back to sharing. Um, because, yeah. Uh, but, you know, you have to adapt to whatever situation you're putting. Oh, there we are. True, true. I think... Hmm, Obviously, like, I share I share my flat with my flatmate who owns the place that we live in, which is fine. I think now that we're in lockdown three, I'm kind of more used to the setup. But I remember in lockdowns one and two, like when you only have two rooms to go into and like there's no back garden and there's no like fresh air that you can get, it was starting mm. to get to me. And like I can be a quite a sociable person as well. It doesn't mean that I need to have like, people like about me like twenty four seven. But, like, I used to have, like, my cousin used to come around and, like, things like that, which we can't do anymore. So, like, it was tough. It was tough for the first two. Now I'm kind of used to it. And I think I'm in a similar situation to you, Rachel, where, like, I kind of like, have a partner. It's like a bit of a support bubble as well. So it's not, like, it's not in a situation where it was before where, like, you're just sitting, like, just in your yard at home, just, like, doing nothing, <laughs> doing your thoughts. <laughs> and, like, I've taken up, like, more reading now. I'm really desperately trying to figure out how to exercise from home, which I absolutely hate. How are you doing? Most of the time, yeah. And um, you might see on my Instagram key that um, quarantine cookout has returned. On my, um, oh on my yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I saw I saw pastry in the mix a few days yeah. ago. What were you making? Like, what was it? Um, we made so um, my boyfriend is Spanish. She made um, we made like a empanada. So it's like um, it's like a pie basically. Mm-hmm. And it had like a tuna. I think there was like boiled egg and tomato filling in the middle of it. Yeah, that's actually pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it wasn't hard to make and it tasted good. I saw oh, some yeah. decorative pastry stripes on the top as well. So yeah, very nice. <laughs> very nice. Like... <laughs> I'm doing my Dee Smith stunts on you, house. I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, and so I don't know. I, I think yeah, I'm coping this time a bit better, like, yeah, a bit better than I did before. So anyway, um, you mentioned that you started a new job with Chapter Z Magazine as Editor-in-Chief. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Maybe you should um, give us a background on, like, um, what Chapter Z is, like, what um, what do you do? What kind of magazine is it? Okay. Uh, So Chapter Z is a magazine which, like, it's from the outside outside it's very like inclusive so it's one of the branches of a media company called brand i always say it like wrong i don't know why um brand advance um and they are like diversity specialists they uh they focus on like um how do i say this they focus on um like providing media to like different like diverse audiences um they also have like uh outshoot that outshoot that is like creative so they do like um creative outlets that focus on like diverse meaning like black lgbt asian um uh people with disabilities so they're just very like um diversity is in the core of what they what they do um 
and they started Chapter Z magazine um, in September of last year and they needed someone to run it full time because they didn't have anyone to run it full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started writing, <laughs> so I started writing again, like regularly, like freelance in August, September of last year. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote a lot about like, um, just about like queer issues. I wrote a lot about like black history, black British history. Um, and that's kind of where my interest always has been. Yeah. Um, and when I, so before, before I got the job, I was working in advertising. I've been working, I've worked in advertising for the past four or five years in like strategy role and strategy and like research and that kind of area. And it's been, it was good. It was just a bit like, it got to a point where I was just like, okay, this is very comfortable. I'm very comfortable in this position. Um, and I, I, it didn't like light my soul on fire. It wasn't like, oh, I'm waking up and I love this shit. Like it wasn't, like, it wasn't yeah. like that. It was just like, oh yeah, everyone's nice. Oh, I know what I'm doing today. Yeah, and I know what I'm gonna do for the next week. And it was just, it was very like comfortable. And I feel like, I don't know. I just feel like um, 2020 just taught me like, life is really short and you might as well just do what you love while you're here. Yeah, so, sure. uh, yeah. and I was just like, so I'm just spending my days kind of feeling like I'm coasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so randomly, um, I was on LinkedIn and someone who I'd connected with, the founder of Chapter Z and Brian Advance, um, his name is Chris Kenner. Um, he was a spokes, like he was in... So my old company, they had a uh, like a panel for Pride Month, and he was someone on the panel just talking about um, his feelings towards like diversity in advertising and media, and him being like a, a black uh, gay man, just like how he um, navigates this space. And when I when I heard him speak, I was just like, oh my god, like a black black queer man who's like a CEO, <laughs> LinkedIn connect, yes. <laughs> what? That's mad. Um, so in when did I get this job? So in like uh, November times, he was looking for uh, like an editor in chief, and I was just like, oh no, literally on a whim. I was just like, this sounds great. I love writing. I'd like to work more with like young writers. I'd like to plan more content. I was just like, okay, might as well. It was like such a might as well uh, yeah. kind of thing. So then the the interview, it just didn't feel like interview interview at all. It just felt like a conversation about like what I enjoy, what I like to do, what I want to see like more of in like the like media space. And 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 then the next day he was like, okay, yeah, you got the job. And I was just there. Wow. I was just like, <laughs> to my, I looked at my girlfriend and I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> I was so, like for, for a good, like, day and a half I, I was just so confused like my one like one part of my brain was just like what the fuck like okay but the other part of my brain was just like ideas I've got so many ideas and I was just like so by the end of that day I was just like well I have to do it now because I've got all these ideas like ideas that I have to action um yeah so that was like before Christmas and I started uh last week Wednesday and it's just been, it's been absolutely mad but good but just just really like a lot <laughs> right, okay. um, yeah but it's been it's been like like I'm really really excited and there's I'm really excited for the future of the magazine but it's just like I think um I don't know I think like when you're someone like me like young and black and queer and like like 
a woman or just like there's so much there's so many things that I'm just like oh am I equipped to do this like yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. like a big um just um, like imposter syndrome like I feel like we use it a lot but like imposter syndrome is like it's so like massive and there's so much doubt that goes into like a lot of a lot of how you see yourself um mm-hmm. but I'm really excited about it and I, I obviously know that I'm competent and able to do it to the job to the to the most amazing ability but it's just like even I think I still haven't even processed that this is the job I do <laughs> so like now anytime anyone's asked me about the job I'm just like oh shit yeah that's what I'm doing like it's 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 amazing um but it's just it's just it's just mad <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, just to be clear, um, chapter Z, it's, um, it's, would you say it's like, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a quite diverse, um, it's had like a lot of LGB, uh, LGBT uh, youth, would you say? Yeah, so the audience and the writers that we work with are all young, like black, queer, um, just like, of, like include, we're very just inclusive and we want to hear like different stories and different voices. Um, and yeah, so that's something that's been like from the outset and from all the writers I've worked with in the past like 10 days have just been amazing, but all like completely different. And I think that's really exciting. Um, just like to hear different like voices, different opinions and just like knowing, like them knowing that their voice and their opinion is valid and very like important and te- integral to like, just just a shaping just a shaping like culture and stuff i just feel like from what we've seen for so many years like it's just like one voice one one yeah. white straight voice mm. <laughs> like yeah. <just> like, <laughs> repeated over and over again and i'm just yeah. like yes now it's time for something like new and different and and just i just i just feel like i hate the word i even hate the word diversity but i just feel like diversity is just yeah. like, what makes shit interesting like yeah you know what i mean like yeah i think that like because you mentioned that a lot of the media that we consume is like is either done by or catered towards like white males a lot of the time yeah but like i think even in our even in our queer spaces like the media is still like (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh my god Because there's a big gap, isn't it? Because, you know, if you go out, well, in normal times, you go out to clubs, pubs, friends, social circles, you'll see so much diversity everywhere. But then when you, these are official publications, like it doesn't represent what you're seeing, like on a day-to-day basis. So I think it's about sort of bridging the gap, isn't it? Making sure that, you know, we're seeing what we, well, we're seeing like what's in the media, we're seeing stuff in the media that we're seeing on a normal lives, which is 100% normal to us as well. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, one of the things that you mentioned about diversity, which is like the word, like the word of like 2020, 2021, like 2019, mm. which I do get, no, I do get it. But some of the things that like, like diversity, strength and things like that, when we use stuff like that, it still puts whiteness as the norm. But it, um, it, yeah, because it means that like, um, if it's not diverse, and that means you just expect it to be kind of like just whiteness, that's what normal is. And to make it a bit more interesting, then to sprinkle some blacks into the situation. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <Sprinkle> <laughs> some there, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but um, I think um, one of the, one of the good things about it, what it sounds like, is that um, we've chapter Z magazine. It sounds more of it something that's like not just that, like, not just diverse, but it's like for it's like for us. For us, literally, yeah. yeah, absolutely. 
which Absolutely. is um, what, the, um, the words of the, the brand and the legendary um, Salam song, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds to me as if, like, right now you come to, like, um, to Chapter Z magazine and you kind of, like, kind of, like, reignited a passion for writing again. Like, the passion had been ignited before Chapter Z, um, but I think the passion that's been ignited now has been, like, really, like, working with young writers, working with, like, new voices and, like, like editing their work, like, giving them feedback, publishing them, and just seeing, like, um, how people, like, just the confidence and just the excitement people get from when they get published and stuff and mm-hmm. when they see that okay this is something that I've, I've worked on this is something I'm being paid for and this is something that's like like a, an important piece of content for an online publication I think that's that's so empowering and that's I think it's amazing mm-hmm. um so I think the the nurturing young writers is what I've been like I didn't know like I like I, I love I love young people and I and like I love working like with young people and I think um being able to work with them in this capacity is what's like been really, really exciting over the past like couple couple weeks like doing this job. The mm-hmm. writing part, like I actually don't I actually don't write as much I don't actually don't write as much um as I like for the magazine because I'm like getting content from other people. Um yeah. I, I do feel like um, it's made me like just sharpen my like ed- editorial. Yeah. Sounds so, yeah. Sounds so Oh my god! But sharpen like that, like um, which has been which has been fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are there um, are there any like so if we were to go on the website now, are there any like any interesting content that maybe we should look look out for on the um, on the website? um so there's quite a few so there's one about <clears throat> so there's one called the passport to whiteness it was written by someone called Hart fargo um and it's basically the part the passport of whiteness and it's about um how whiteness grants people like the trump supporters um and like did you hear about um there were like, like there's like a group of like white gay men in mexico uh, party like partnering up, partnering up. Yes, I did hear about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's, so what's this? So oh. they did like there was they were on like a cruise or something in Mexico, yeah. and obviously COVID is still COVID in. So why are you doing that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, why are you doing that? Um, and I think there was an issue with the boat, and the boat like maybe outside the yeah. Uh, yeah, that was it. And everyone was like, like why, like why are you still partying in the middle of a, a pandemic? And just the the idea that people think that their whiteness, white people think their whiteness grants them um, just the freedom to do anything, anything they want, even when it's it puts other people's lives at risk. Um, mm. So that's a really good article to check out. Um, I'm actually going to go on the website and see what else. So there's another piece um, called Being 21 in 2021. Um, by a girl called Dahlia. Um, she's amazing. She's written for some other publications. Um, and it's just like, um, just her experiences of being young throughout the pandemic. Obviously, they had the whole, like, the the A-level thing. Yeah, of course. Um, the grades, and, yeah. Yeah, the grades. And there's just been so much that hasn't happening. The uni fees, there's been so much that hasn't happening to young people in this time. And, and like, it, I think as, if I was 21 now, I'd just be like, <laughs> seriously? Yeah. Like, yeah. 
so much is happening to them and there's been so much blame inflicted on them um and it's just been absolutely awful so i think her piece was really great just to show like all like the political events and the cultural happenings that have been affecting them in the past couple of years um mm-hmm. yeah so those are my like top two reads um but okay also do you guys watch drag race i love drag race Ains is a huge, <laughs> <Ains> is a <laughs> huge fan <laughs> I kind of dip my toes in every so often, but Ainsley is a, a big enthusiast of uh, Drag Race. Yeah. <laughs> so we have weekly um, Drag Race recaps of the US one and the UK one. So oh, if you, yeah. Yeah, you want to check that out too, you should definitely do that. Um, I want a hundred percent will. Do you watch Drag Race, Rachel? I do. I do. I haven't watched the UK one. I'm going to watch that, but I do watch Drag Race. My, go- okay. my girlfriend is the Drag Race Dan, she'd actually kill me if I did not do that. Like, she she loves it. She wants to be like a judge on it. She absolutely adores it. It's, it's like dream. She's like, I could be in the audience. Like, yeah. So uh, I've I've gotten more into it now because of her. Because she absolutely she loves it. Yeah, I think that your girlfriend needs to get in line. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight you another Honestly, like. <laughs> Um, it's interesting that you um, you speak about Drag Race. I, if you haven't watched it, I won't go into it too much. But on this um, new season of Drag Race UK... You can spoil it for me. I've, I've, I've read spoilers already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically, so they have two black drag queens now. They have um, one called Tace. Tace, yeah. And one called Astina Mandela. Mm-hmm. And like before, um, like before this season, I would I always like used to joke with my friends like I've got like a drag persona, and I've got a drag name like just in case I can ever do drag. And after <laughs> after seeing those two, especially Tay, on Drag Race UK, I need to change it all. And it basically needs to come with a new ad. But like my drag persona was exactly like Tay, so I'm, really, yeah, obviously like not nearly as good because I don't have any talent. But like. <laughs> <laughs> If I could be, um, if I could be a drag queen, I'd I'd be exactly like her. So Tace is like she's from Newport. She's um from Wales. She's like really tall, kind of statuesque. Mm-hmm. She's taken the persona from Naomi Campbell, which is what um which is what I did as well. Right, yeah. So she has like these long, straight, fall down wigs, like down. <laughs> yeah. She calls herself like a villain. And like whenever, like whenever the camera's on her, she's like, like striking a pose or like. This. <laughs> <laughs> I have to <laughs> check out. What was your name out of interest? Like A Y C E. No, no, sorry, sorry. Your name. You said that you know. Oh, my name. Okay. So we get to do we get to know like. Get to know. My name was Dominique Decorum. Okay. And um, it was so the persona was a bit of a fusion between Naomi Campbell. And Dominique Devereaux from um, from Dynasty. So, okay. so she's supposed to be like this prestige whore, like this woman who's like always like face is always beat, hair is always laid. She's like a complete bitch, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Never meant to the world with people. Always turns up late, like that kind of person. Uh-huh. But now, like, I've watched the show and I've seen it. I've seen, I've, I've seen the character already, so I'm going to have to go back to the drawing board. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, regroup. 
But um, on the first episode, if you've seen the spoiler, then you probably would have um, seen it already. And make sure they talk about kind of like gay black representation. Mm. And it was like really interesting because they were saying that like in the UK there aren't that many kind of like black queer icons for them to mm. them be. So for their first talent, they both ended up dressing up as Naomi Campbell. Yeah. Because I think if especially for like black queer men, I feel like that's the first one I think of if I think of like a gay icon. So, Who would you say? Well, I would if I had to dress up like someone, I would have said Naomi Campbell as well. But then did it have to be sorry, sorry, did it have to be did it have to be a UK icon or yeah. right. Hmm. I know what you mean now, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's hard. And when you yeah. can, <laughs> narrow it down to UK black queer icon, it just it just even gets it gets even smaller. Yeah, it's true. Um I did read an article in the Metro actually when they were talking about the same thing. And they were, um, they obviously, they talk about like Emily K, for instance, or yeah. Lady Phil, who um, yeah. is the creator for Black Pride. Or, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Mark Thompson, who is a particular hero of mine. Cut like, Stir and like Blackout UK and stuff like that. And you don't really think of like those people because like if you're dressing up as someone to like walk down a runway, yeah. Or, <clears throat> You want them like you want them to be glamour, but there are there are people that like not like necessarily glamorous. You like you like dress up as fancy dressers. I was gonna talk about the first time I met uh, Lady Phil. I absolutely fangirled. I was just like, <laughs> so I met her like I was like twenty two, so it was a few years ago, and I was just like, because I'm also from Ghana and Lady Phil's from Ghana, and I was just like, <laughs> so brassy. I was like, oh, like. I like it like it means so much to me because you're like a Ghanaian like queer woman and I just I just went on and on at her and she was so <laughs> lovely she was just like she was like oh like you remind me of my daughter and I was just like I wish <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely ridiculous like oh god she's yeah she's really lovely it's on my bucket list to have her on the podcast one day like one day when we're ready like you know it's like um it's like when you go through a video game and you get to like final boss that's <laughs> 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 to work up to it, yeah. Like. <laughs> so yeah, so um when like when we get when we get our points off then um then we'll go to her and she'll be like of our big bosses have on um uh, have on the podcast. <laughs> I have to wait till we're ready, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, she's great. And also like Black Pride as well, which you didn't have to have didn't get to have, yeah, last year. <laughs> Do you think we're having it this year? Because I'm saying we're not. I don't think it's happening. Is it usually it's early way. July? Yeah. It's usually early July? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's an outdoor event, but it depends. I feel like if we are in some kind of tier system, mm. possibly, possibly. I'd like to think you can go ahead because they'd just say, oh, you know, keep the distance between people, like two meters apart from big groups. Um, and it's not as it's not as daunting as maybe a music festival, which would have thousands and thousands of people. So True. I'm going to stay optimistic, but I don't want to build my hopes up and have them dashed at the last minute. I, I think, yeah, <laughs> I just think I'm a pessimist about like if events like this year. I'm just like, you, it's, it's not going to happen. Let's try mm. again in 2022. Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. when you mentioned the um, tw- being 21 in 2021, 
the one thing I said to myself, maybe a bit selfish, I was like, I'm glad I'm not younger at this point because when you're supposed to be going out all the time at that age, yeah. Yeah. and that, it must be tough on them, like these are supposed to be like, the best years of youth and yeah. you can't really do anything. It's mad. Imagine like, in 2020, I'd be pissed. Yeah. Like, yeah. so pissed. <laughs> like, and like they, these youngsters, like if you're going to university, so, but let's, let's say that you're 18 or 21 now, and let's say that like you've got your what, centrist grades, some of them might have been good. Some of them might have not been like two grades lower than your expected grade. You go to uni, you get, don't get no freshers week, mm. don't get any contact time, and you pay nine grand a year for that. <laughs> nine grand yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a big uproar, though, isn't it? Because it's just, you, no matter how, even if the distance learning material is of a high quality, you're not getting the full experience you're paying for, but the face to face interaction. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of uni students, you know, they're not, they're, they, they might have been in halls at the beginning, but they will move back home because just it's just cheap and it makes sense if everything's virtual. So yeah. you're just not getting a sense of community either. Um, yeah. I think in September we were in. We weren't. No one was in lockdown in September. It was kind of tier system, I think. But mm-hmm. eat out to help out maybe. So I think people went yeah. back with the, with the thinking that oh, you know, things are kind of back to normal. And then a few weeks later, no, sorry. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like honestly, like if I was that age, I'd, I'd feel like rioting to the two people. I think something will change. I know that obviously lecturers still need to get paid, and the university will still have costs, and yeah. like what they need to pay for isn't going to necessarily vanish. Um, but. At the same time, like you can't be charging nine grand for half an experience. Like, uh. like, it's wild. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, um, I think um, that, that youngsters are getting a fucking raw deal, and I don't think we hear about that as much as like other things. Like, I feel like people have like other concerns for the easy, even issue. Like, um, what what young people, people I'm in the it. art sector, massive. Yeah, like uh, people who work in entertainment, theatres, anything like that, like just like just been forgotten about, basically. <laughs> Actually, awful. And I also feel like with young people, like these are really formative years. So I feel like this is oh my god, like I feel like it's really going to like affect their like personal development for the next like few mm. years. Like, one hundred percent. How are you how are you forming relationships? Like, are we going to be more um, attached to like dating apps and our phones and stuff? Because this is the only way we can. We can form connections when we get when we when we eventually get out to the real world are we going to all going to be really socially like awkward and stuff and it's just like mm. that that kind of stuff is like like the long-term effects of covid besides like the health and stuff the health um effects are going to be like one to marvel like people are going to study this yeah. like we need to yeah we need to like warm back up into life won't we i saw someone joking the other day saying oh that they're going to figure out how to dance, like, in this time, I'm going to be going out. Like, <laughs> like, like, it's going to feel really weird. I'm like, oh, what do I do? Like, just like... <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I I think a lot of us were thinking that 2021 would be maybe marginally better than 2020, but kind of 2020 part two, and then we'll see next year if um, there's some kind of semblance of normality. But... Um, just trying to stay positive, I guess, but and, and weather storm and, and blah blah blah. Yeah, and yeah. not well. I'm trying not to complain too much. You know the whole situation that like well, everyone's in the same boat. So mm. I'm trying not to moan. I'm trying to like just complain when someone else has like lost their job or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah. Speaking of going out, uh, one thing. Uh, one thing actually. So. Got like I'd say a good maybe 
coming up to 30 podcasts ago now, um, we went out in Newcastle on the scene. Oh, yeah. Um, on, yeah, like uh, LGBT night out. That's probably one of the last nights that I went on in, um, since this whole thing, actually. And one thing that we noticed um, on the podcast was that, like, the space that we went to were really, like, I mean, the the class of, like, LGBT areas, but really they were paid toward, like, white gay men, pretty much. Yeah. And so I wanted to... (laughs) 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 Oh, if you're from London, you may have, like, been in an area, like, what has it been like for you in spaces like that? Like, I've always wanted, I've always wanted, I've, I've, I've literally never asked a queer, a queer woman that question before. Well, funny you should ask. Um, like, it's just, so, in London, if you're um, gay, you think the gay area is, like, um, Soho. You go to, <laughs> you say so you go to Old Compton Street, and it's just, like, all the gay bars are, like, for, like, for gay men, gay white men in particular. And there's one, <laughs> there's one lesbian bar in the fucking basement. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's literally a dungeon and it's called She Bar. Um, and, but most people in She Bar are like, they're like white queer women. Um, so now like, if you're trying to find black queers, um, oh my God, it's been so long. I'm thinking of like places like, um, Pussy Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a night called Dreams that um, that's hosted by Rose, um, Rose from Tutu's podcast. Um, and there is what else would I? What else would you do? Like, I mean, like I'm even struggling to think about like where one would go to. Oh my God, there's Queer Brock. Queer yeah. Brock. Queer. Br- when outside is open. <laughs> Catch me in Queer Brook. Like, it's so good. It's, I've been, only been once, but it was just amazing. Like, a queer, like, dance hall night. Like, that's all we need in our lives. Like, and most people there were, like, black or, um, uh, like, people of color. So, just not white, which was... Yeah. Which was um, yeah, I just think, especially when you're, when you're black and queer, it just, it, it's just, like, like, where do you turn to? It's more about, like, who you know and, like who runs a night and who runs an event. And it's really, it's really sad because like, we don't have like a physical space. Like you, that you, like on any given day of the week in normal life, normal life, like you can't be like, oh, on a Friday night, I'm going to go to this, like here, because mm-hmm. here there's, there's literally, there's literally nothing really. Um, yeah. And like just being on, just, <laughs> so just being on the scene as like a, like a black woman, it's just like, it's 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 a mindful but also the scene is very very small so it's like you just you probably dated someone or like you you've you've talked spoken to someone or like it's just like the degrees of separation are so tiny mm, yeah. um, it's just like <laughs> it's just incestuous at times like um and and if I think about this, I just I just I'm just happy that I'm not on the streets anymore. Because honestly, you just said I'm happy not in these streets. Oh, it's just yeah, it's just so it's so difficult. Um, and yeah, it's just I'm just happy I'm not there anymore. Um, also, uh, if you were a bit younger, Lick Lick have Lick have a club. They, I think they had a space, but I don't know if it's shut down. But they, they do like regular um, parties for queer women. But the the people are normally like young, so like it's just like baby gays just like finding their way. Mm-hmm. So 
I don't like I don't know what I'd do if I was like um <clears throat> a 30 year old like 30 plus year old like black woman trying to find someone I'd just be on hinge probably because in there aren't many spaces in real life that facilitate that really especially mm-hmm. not in London yeah. So when you so like the few places you mentioned that um, sort of like for like space for queer women were they all in Soho or were they some in other areas or was it all so in then, Soho literally? So none of them. So the so the one lesbian bar is in Soho, um, but um, like what I mentioned, like Dreams, they have nights, and I think the last one I went to was in Dawson, but they don't mm-hmm. have like a regular space. Um, and I then I mentioned Pussy Palace as well, but that's not solely for queer women. That's just like for queer people. And they're mm. normally based in East as well. I know there's a few, like there's been a few like nights and stuff in South, but it's, there's just not one like physical location. Um, mm. So it's very much, you have to know someone or have to like follow the person. Do you know what I mean? It's just like really, yeah. it's really hard to navigate. Um, and I just wonder what the future, like, I'm so, I'm so pessimistic, but like nightlife after this, like yeah that's, that's i think that'll be the the very last thing to open or to go to some to back yeah. to being normal is is nightclubs anything any indoor gathering where there's lots of people and and crowded and it's like wow like of all the things that we have to wait for the longest but it's like Just the it's a big glow of like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. God. But, yeah. And festivals as well don't forget festivals yeah, yeah. especially with brexit so. and stuff like well, yeah. Mm. Mm. I yeah, I haven't even honestly the Brexit thing hasn't even come into my mind to be honest with you. <laughs> I keep forgetting about it because it's been so much else going on. Um Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I guess we'll we'll just see. Uh but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, last last year was supposed to go to Glastonbury. I wanted to go to um Lovebox as well. I can't remember who's got a pause, but I remember, yeah, I remember there being lots of people. So basically, there was three I was going to go to. And like in 2019, I, I went to more concerts that I'd, that I'd ever been to before in my life. So I I'd, I'd went to upwards of like 20, 30. 2020, didn't got to a single one, not one, not one single yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think I went to, the last person I saw live was Sir, and I saw him at the end of February. Ooh. And I just, I just think, heaven that this was my last tour like my last like my last concert and it was just the most it was the best night ever so Good. yeah he's um, like me and i i love sir like me me and sir like are like this like it's great like he's great so um just knowing that that was the last thing i i last performer i saw live makes me happy but also makes me just sad <laughs> like i just yeah. i miss live shows um i was a bit like you Ainsley, like me and like concerts and performances and stuff i was always like there there for it but who knows when that's gonna that's gonna happen again uh now i'm mentioning um something came into my head that we haven't discussed yet kieran actually um mm-hmm. about you um <laughs> i think you're not gonna come up with your queen um, Azalea Vance with her madness. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god. She's Guys. a topic. Oh. That's hilarious. She's so <laughs> funny. Oh. Have you seen the video of her dancing with the cutlass? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and people keep putting people keep putting different music onto. I, I love the it. Best, <laughs> the best one I saw was um someone put the thong song on it and it, yeah. it, she, she was so on beat. Oh. 
She's <laughs> so on beat, I loved it. That's cool. That meme has got me so much joy the past week. Everyone keeps saying it's going to turn to a, a TikTok dance or something, yeah. It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> like, the dance is so mad, you don't clock how wayward the outfit is. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, she's hilarious. Like, I just, no matter how much wild and like disgraceful things she does, like, I, I can't help but be very affectionate towards her. She's just, it's not making it all too pleasure. But, um, and I imagine you were referring to the, uh, the, the cat. cat incident with Lucifer. Yeah, of course, where's the pop incident? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I think even when I saw that, because, um, so before she, well, to anyone who's not aware, um, she or well, worked back as but she has a cat. Well, she had a cat, loose and a black cat. She's had for years and years, and I think it passed away last year. And I think she's based in LA now. I think she doesn't live in New York anymore. But the cat was buried must in well, seemingly in her in her back garden, and then her and a friend decided to dig it up. Um, and apparently, the official reason was they she was going to boil it to preserve the bones, essentially. Um, but being Azida, she decided to you know. That this would make a good Instagram post. Um, so we documented bit by bit, and I think there was a there was like you saw when they were digging it up, mm-hmm. and she said what was going to happen. People were like surely not, surely not. And in the next post, in the next post, you saw like it's literally it's practically a cauldron, wasn't it? It's like a big pot. <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> and, was, and I think people say it was animal cruelty, and everyone was saying, oh, you know, it's not animal cruelty because it's already dead. But I think she's doing it to. Maybe uh, have the skeleton because I think she boiled it down to a skeleton to yeah. have like as um, I don't know like it's and maybe that's her version of keeping someone's ashes but it's just it's a bit left field and it's a I bit guess left it's, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> 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 I think it's viewed as distasteful by a lot of people but um, but yeah I, just, I don't know I I stopped making excuses for Zida a very long time ago but I still you know I still follow her heavily like she's just incredibly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think before that she she'd gone on a big rant about Megan Thee Stallion and Doja Cat, and I just I feel like she's not well a lot of the time. So as yeah. as enjoyable as it can be to watch her, um, I just don't know. I just don't don't really know what's going on with her a lot of the time, and she doesn't seem to be. When you see friends around her like egging her on when she's doing all this stuff on social media, I don't think she's in the most supportive environment. But she's kind of, she's a big mystery to me. Um, me and Ainsley have discussed her many, many times. Many, uh, many times, yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't, think, I don't think I'll ever give up on her. I just, I, I truly find her fascinating. Like, I've been to New York twice, and both times I've just, I've just really wished I'd come to her somewhere in Harlem or something. Like, I would I think she's the one person I would fangirl over. I'd be like, oh my God, can we have a selfie together, please? I'd find her fascinating, but like, genuinely. But, yeah. If I... <laughs> in the group chat Kira <laughs> I don't know we're talking about like football or whatever bullshit we're talking about one day I'm like oh yeah and I, and I, I put a photo, photo of the dead cat that I've dug off and like, yeah oh yeah I'm, I'm just gonna boil down this bone what, you, what would you be doing I don't know I think someone would taking your phone for starters you like but, uh, that's not real like would you not be yeah. like would you not want him to get sectioned no I don't know but I think it's her I, see, I'm not sure. She always talks about how she's a witch, and like, she's I don't know quite, how true like, it is. Spiritual, like, mm. in terms, like, like alternative spirituality and stuff, which is which I'm I'm here for. I'm just like, yeah, do do your thing, do your thing. Um, but I think the thing for me, the Zero Bank, is that like, oh 
I'm very aware that she might not be in the best like mental space and stuff. Um, but like uh, some of the things that she said in the past, I'm just like, I, I can't rock. I can't rock with that. Um, right, yeah. So I'm just like, I'm always hoping she gets the help she needs, but just, just not going to follow her. And I'll just see her hijinks pop up. And yeah. then I'm up. <laughs> It's a great case in like how you kind of like have conversations about someone with mental health. Like we know that there's like there's issues with mental health. But like at the same time, if you do or say things that like that affect people negatively, yeah, like, there's like there's there's so many things there. Like how much like how much can you hold them responsible for the things that they've done? Yeah, and like can you like can you judge them in the same way because of that? But then in the same way, like if someone still done something, there still needs to be a level of accountability there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think. I know, I feel like with her, people don't take the mental health side as seriously. However, I would never try and say, oh, she only does this because she might be going through some kind of issues. Um, I think a simple remedy for a lot of the things that happen with her is just she should have people around her that stop her from going on social media. It's it's yeah. always, it's it's the fact it gets out there into the world and it's like, this, these are the kind of things people really don't need to be seeing. Um, yeah. And I, I, I feel like she passed the point of no return in was it 2016 when she went on that big rant against Zayn Malik I think that yeah. was the point where people stopped yeah. trying to excuse what she did and be like oh, well, this is just pretty foul really now isn't it um, but I, I I don't know what's going on with her management With if she has which, uh, she, she obviously has no PR team whatsoever if they are it's probably the worst <laughs> PR team in history <laughs> but, them. Like, <laughs> but, yeah. them. But I think it's just she has free reign on, on her social media which is good because she, she discusses a lot of interesting topics definitely but she's obviously very volatile um, and there's no kind of she has no kind of discernment about oh maybe this shouldn't be put online or maybe this should be this is a conversation for behind closed doors if I really feel so strongly about it and it's inflammatory what I'm saying and and probably discriminatory a lot of things she said as well but I don't know I feel like any management she's had management she's had must have given up on it on a on the social media front because it's just it's a car crash at this point in it <laughs> or multiple mm-hmm. crashes I don't yeah. know uh, I think like the wild stuff that she does like didn't she like decapitate a chicken and stuff and like yeah. um, digging up the cat and whatever because you can make the argument that like it may be for some like religious and spiritual um, context um, for reason but if there's no context behind you doing these videos and all people see is you decapitating a chicken or like I think that's the thing yeah because yeah. the actual the act itself like the chicken I was I was that caused a lot of uproar at the time I wasn't really fussed about the chicken I mean maybe on my argument was that well everyone here well most people commenting eat meat and eat chickens and she's like oh she's sacrificing chickens how can you do that but it's as you're saying it's a lack of context and then you also feel like like you don't, she doesn't really discuss this stuff very often until she's doing, you know, you know, like she goes from zero to a hundred, and it's probably maybe for, for shock value. Mm-hmm. And when it's not explained, I'm thinking, well, are you doing this because you want the attention, or you want to shock everyone, or it's not? Again, it's no context, as you say, Andrew. Right? Mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. I, I think when I think about it more, like my gripe isn't even any of the decapitating animal stuff and none of actually for me it's mostly about things she says about other people for example i think it was 
like the end of last year when FKA Twigs came out about like experiencing abuse and stuff and Azita kind of went on a, a whole ass like rant like kind of saying stuff about FKA Twigs and about the situation and I was just like that's that's not that's not nice it's just that's quite unfair and I think there's been a lot of like she's a lot of like homophobic like colorist like language she's used and I'm just like that's not there's for me there's no excuse for that we had your chickens fine but like (laughs) like, no it's it's true that's true it is true that's for me I'm just like yeah and I think like I know I'm I do turn a blind eye to some of the stuff I, I feel like I'm not as bad as others who will say oh you know, she's bi, so she can say this, she can say that. I'm thinking, well, uh, that's not an excuse, really. Like, she knows what she's doing. And she's saying this stuff, like, some. I think sometimes when it's not a case of her just getting things off her chest, it's like she's trying to hurt people. Um, and she's quite creative, so when she insults people, she, you know, she really, really insults people. Like, it's... Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One thing you can't take away from her is that she has a very rich lexicon and she's not afraid to use it. <laughs> I think that's probably, that's part of the fascination because sometimes she'll say the most awful things, but it's so like creatively worded. I'm like, oh shit. I can't help being like, can write that one down? Yeah, like. <laughs> But I, I I don't know. I just uh, I just wanted to get the help she needs. I don't even. But I don't even know what is if she has if she genuinely has any sort of mental health issues. I, I don't know if that's even a case with her. Um, has she it's said ha- it's hard? She, it's hard to look at someone and say that. Um, yeah. Has she said like, that like I've got this mental health? What have you just assumed? The only thing I've seen her say um, is either last year or the year before. I think she said she'd been diagnosed with ADHD, um, mm-hmm. but that was it. Like you know, I'm not a mental health expert in any way, shape, or form. So again, I don't like to look and try and you know, what, like, that diagnose people. It's 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 not my domain. I think she, I think she said before that she suffered with. I don't know what issue, but I think she said she suffered before. And there were there was a maybe there was a period of time when she was posting stuff that was that sounded quite like suicidal. And then that's kind of what led people to believe, ah, oh, there must be something else going on. So I do, I do think there's definitely something going on. it's just like it's it's so hard because you don't know her situation and you're not her doctor and stuff but it's just like mm-hmm. how much do you how much do you judge and i think i don't know the price of celebrity and stuff it's just it must all yeah. just be very hard and yeah yeah that was a good point you made actually is i remember there being like a, a really worrying like social media post where she said that she didn't want to be alive anymore mm so yeah and, and if if people say things like that then like the first thing you think of is like their mental health or their mental state yeah mm-hmm. so we just don't know yeah you really just don't know i think like the thing that she does and the thing that she says always brings up like just like a lot of questions there's always a lot of dimensions that you can take that you can take with it mm. yeah so she always does a madness so you can always get like some form of entertainment out of the things she does and says so nothing yeah. that she says is like just really like commendous, like below the belt, off the mark. And other then other things is like, is this person actually okay or not? And then mm-hmm. like or then they'll be like, I'm sure she's like said before that she'd been um like sexually assaulted and been a victim of like all the awful things that ha- really hasn't been taken as seriously mm-hmm. as when if somebody else were to, for instance. Yeah, definitely. Who would you want to see? So one artist you can see. Um, out um, when this is over, who is it going to be? Like the first person. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. or like just one. Mm. Uh, oh my god! Who would I pick? 
Uh, oh, you know what I'm going to say, Andrew, don't you? What? Going to be Tyler the Creator. Oh my god! I'm fast become I'm fast becoming a fan. I think I'm. I went to one festival I was playing at, but there was a, a schedule clash, and logistically, I just couldn't get to the stage. Um, but apart from that, I, I've really, I, I, I love his music, and there's like I haven't listened to all of his albums either. Like I, what I've heard, I've really loved so far. And there's more to discover, um, but I just really enjoy his stuff. Definitely. How about you guys? Kieran, man. Sorry to interrupt Rachel, but basically, <laughs> since Kieran's been getting high, he's been listening to Tyler the Creator. I was a fan before, it's just that I, I, can, I continued the journey when I had a bit of a um, daily smoking period. It's over oh. now. It's like, it's like November and December, um, but it's, it's, I've, I've, uh, I think I've kicked the habit. But when it used to happen, obviously I'd listen to music. I'd be sitting in my car, outside. Um, and I'd just go to the group chat and I'd just show what everyone's listening to at the time. A lot of time was Tyler, a lot of time was just some other random stuff as well. But they were like, you're high, aren't you? I can just tell every time the moment you're texting. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, who, who, who would you guys say? Mine would be, so... One of, I think I'd choose Thames. Have you heard of Thames? I've she heard is, her album is great. Her new album it. is great, yeah. She's a like Nigerian um singer. What kind of music would you say she makes? Just like, just a, it's just the vibe, like, yeah, just an absolute vibe. I'd definitely want to see her. Um, and so I really enjoyed Whiz Kids' last album. Oh, me too, made in Lagos, amazing, like, yeah. Amazing. I've liked this kid. I don't think I've been like, oh, I love this project, but I uh, Made in Lagos is one of like my best albums of last year. So I'd want to see him mm-hmm. to see him perform that. Um, yeah. Those are two good choices, actually. Um, I think <laughs> so, because you know, there's like the whole Burner Boy versus Whiskey thing. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. before this new album came out, uh, Made in Lagos, I, was, I much preferred Burner Boy. I think Wizkid can get a bit too commercial, but this one, like the album, was fire. Like the um, the beats were good, the features were good, like everything. Yeah, everything sounded good in it. So I think that's a pretty good choice. And I've listened to Thames' new. I can't. I really can't remember what it what it's called. But I listened to that one, and I was in, I was impressed with it as well. I need to give that like a couple, another couple of listens. Same. I think you you sent it to me, didn't you? And I gave it like one quick. Uh, yeah. Thing, but yeah. Those two really good. Those are actually two two really good choices. Sorry, sorry, first one. Um, Burn Boy released an album that year as well. I think it's called Twice as Tall. Which I, I really did not like Burn Boy's last album. Yeah, me neither. Like, it wasn't. Is this, yet, is this 2019, or am I thinking of a different album? It's I remember this African Giant, which was a great album. Right. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah, that's a great album. This one was um the I think it was this I think it was last year, so twenty twenty. Right. And you know like the big mistake he made was fucking having Chris Martin from Coldplay on his album. <laughs> that, was, oh, that, okay. was the <laughs> that was the only song I really that was one of the songs I really liked because I love You liked it. I love Coldplay. Anything they're on, I love it. I don't care. Absolutely <laughs> not. I'm sorry, yeah, we really want everyone on this. <laughs> like it, it didn't it didn't work, but I liked it. I think Coldplay are boring. Um, We've had this conversation before, and I'm going to. Have we? <laughs> I, I just agree with you, but live your life. <laughs> I don't like. I love them. Like. No, they um they had Glass to be a year that I was there, 
and I saw different acting. I saw a different acting there. Like I couldn't do it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't play comfort. <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion. So I saw them in 2017 um in paris and i was by myself and that was like this is like this is one of the one of the do you know like you have those days where you're like this is the best day of my life like it was one of those like pivotal like this is one thing i'll be like kids this this day the 14th yeah. of july 2017 <laughs> still day there we are <laughs> still there. Like, it's still there. um but what would you say uh what was your choice ainsley jesse where I love Jessie Ware. So yeah, um, 2020 for me was the year of the white woman, basically. Gary. <laughs> 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 I want to know who else you're going to say as well. Like, if, Obviously, if that's Rocky Murphy. Yeah, there we are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Dua Lipa. I hate to be like I fucking hate to be a fucking like basic, basic gay. Yeah, I can't get into like, it. <sighs> in basic bitch gay, but um, her last album, <laughs> Nostalgia, it it hits right. It, it hits. <laughs> like to hear it's so good. It does sound really commercial, but it's like got like a really good disco sound to it. And I've listened mm-hmm. to the album from begin to end like at least three times, which doesn't usually happen. I guess. So, yeah. So there was her. There was Roshi Murphy. That, um, Laura Marling leads not not quite like and um, but um, Jessie Ware was the best one of all of them so I would yeah I'd want to see her and also I've had like three opportunities not two other opportunities to see her and I haven't never seen her so I feel mm. like it will be this will be like the, the, the one time in 2021 or whenever they get to do it again either her or Chloe and Halle I'd, I'd love to see like I love them who was I didn't catch that who? Chloe and Halle Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Chloe and yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, I think like a lot of other people, I until the most recent album from last year, I used to think, oh, they're talented but a bit, a bit dull. And then yeah. with the album, they just they threw that out the window. That notion could be, I was like, oh wow, it's like they're coming with buff after buff. I was like, what? Like <laughs> all their performances last year were amazing. Like they mm. really like they're so creative. Like they are definitely. I mean, they can sit, they can sing in harmony, and they can dance. Yeah, and the and the songs are the songs are written well. And um, you know, like on Spotify and that, that was my most played song. Do well, it, do it. Yeah. From that song, I've played "Do It" loads, and then um, like I listened to the album a few times. Through, and I was like, I really like this album, but I wasn't. You know, you don't memorize the tracks, but then yeah. I, I listened to it more after doing sort of. Um, a lot of virtual performances for different award ceremonies, but on God the Hour is it's a really great song, one, yeah. Title track, and um, and every time they've done it, they they switch the harmonies, like they alter the harmonies a little bit each time, and it gets even more intricate and like ambitious each time. They're like, Woo! like, like it's in perfect <laughs> unison. I love it. <laughs> um, you can you can definitely see the Beyonce influence, definitely. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have an aqua? Do you know of an aqua clubhouse? Yes. Yeah, I haven't I haven't downloaded, but it's it's always been mentioned on Twitter all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so some of the conversations I've been listening to recently have been from like straight women like sharing their like dating apps um, horror st- horror stories and stuff. Yeah. And I was just interested. Like anytime I hear this, because I only date women, and I'm just like women are so so not not as mad as men. So, um, and they're only talking about straight men. So I wanted to know like what are gay men like on like apps and stuff, and 
What's the oh, oh god! Oh, oh. oh yeah. what have you got? Let's do a whistle stop tour. Shall we go from app to app, Ainsley? Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's start with the most let's start with the most infamous app. Go with uh, Grinder. Yeah. Orange, orange and black mask. Yes. <laughs> 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 um. Uh, see, I've always said I think grind is what you make it. It's not necessarily just for hooking up. You can, I, which I've, I've used it for that obviously in the past, but most of the time I'm just chatting there and trying to make make some stuff. But the mentality of a lot of many users is it's just for sex. So unsolicited needs are very normal. Um, being asked how big your willy is, like at this at the get go, is normal. Mm-hmm. Um, BBC question mark all the time. Um, you can speak to someone, be getting along, then randomly you find yourself blocked for some reason. Um, it's 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 literally the wild west of the apps, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always say, I'm not always say Grindr is a wild wild west. <laughs> Genuinely. Well, um, what do you think, Ains? Like? <laughs> Grinder is just a fucking wild place. So I think what Kevin said, yeah, I um, I would echo. I think you have to be prepared for anything on there. So, yeah, like, um, sometimes when you go on there, you'll find, like, whenever you see. So, when you, one thing that people don't, if you don't use Grinder, one thing they don't realize is that, like, you have a, you have a profile, and anyone, anyone who's in the vicinity can read that profile and can message you, anyone at all. Mm. So, you get, like, a well, like, you can get, like, every kind of interaction. There have been some men, like whenever you uh, you log into it, you get a message and you've got 10 messages, you know they're just 10 screenshots of like whole mm. pit, ass pit. I've seen like, I've seen um, photos oh, yeah. of like men like mid, like, mid coitus, like um, mm. insects, oh. like have sent me before like a hello has been, ex- been exchanged before. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it's uh, it's How awful. Exciting. Like it's like grinder sounds mad, but it sounds like adventure. I think, like, I, think, like, I think if I think for people who are like into hooking up, like and happy to just go around yeah. someone's house last minute, it's it's. I think it's very uh, very good. I'm you know I'm I wouldn't say I'm a prude, but I'm I'm uh, a bit more delicate, I guess. So for, for me, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's like a kind of um. I don't know, you be you become desensitized to it, but I'm never gonna be the type to just every night that we'd be like, Yeah, yeah, I'll swing by, come over here, man, like you know. I might even we're not even know each other's names, but we're gonna be naked within thirty seconds of you walking through the door. Like it's that will never be my style unless I'm very drunk. Um Have you never have you never had a hook up like the most had a hook up like that once? Oh well oh definitely it's happened, yeah, but it's it's occasional. <laughs> Yeah, but like obviously, a lot of guys use the app, that's their prime use for it. So that's that's you know, that's business as usual as that risk for me, it's like, you know you know every so often um and not often at all like the last couple of years definitely not um so yeah and i don't i don't think i really judge it too much i think i just know for me it's not really my kind of style yeah uh, <laughs> what are they trying to <laughs> do you guys use tinder, tinder? I, I use tinder i've had tinder for ages um so grinder is the sex app mm-hmm. and tinder is if you want to like actually date people app so mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. like the way that we use Tinder would be more similar to like the way that straight people would use it mm-hmm. or like um other groups. So I for one, when I was on Tinder, I'm not on it anymore, but when I was, 
like I'd never liked it when people started talking about sex like immediately because I always think that there's grinder for them. Mm. So like that's where like you have that like, you go to meet people, to meet a partner, to go on dates, like, to get to know each mm. other on an actual on an actual level. That's what that's what Tinder was for for me. Of course you'd get like you always get like the um the odd person who like wants to like want to make things sexual right away. That um that I I never used to deal with, but I met I met people. You never met anyone from Tinder, Kieran. In real life, three things. Only if you, you know what's actually mad because I think one time when I was at yours, you looked at how I had like so many matches. But yeah. On Tinder, I chat a lot, but then I feel like with Tinder, like there's lots of talking, but then I never actually it never followed through to a date. Only like a handful of times in the three years I've had it, um, which I think maybe that's the way I use the app because I don't really meet other guys too often, but. It can, Tinder's good for dating, but the thing I would say is you can get bored on it and it just turns into a game of just swiping right or swiping left. Yeah. And it's like you, you, you swipe more than you actually spend time chatting to people that you've matched with, I find. Um, and it's also about conversational skills. Like I, I, think I'm, I think I'm half decent at striking the combo, like yeah. virtually. There's a lot of people like, you know, you, you know, you don't have anything to bounce off. It's like, oh, hi, how's yeah. it going? Yeah, fine. Fine, thanks to you. And like, you know, when they're like, they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't even put Y O U. It's just you? Question mark. I'm sorry, here we go. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, so I do like Tinder, and it's area dependent. Is it? Sometimes like, you you've gone for all the matches in your area, and then when you go to a new city, it's like, oh, now it's much more exciting. Yeah, um, yeah. definitely. That's another, thing, that's another thing actually. Going back to Grinder is about Grinder, obviously because it's a location based app. So what you mm. find is like obviously wait, so I'm in Streatham now, Kieran's in Newcastle. So we see the same people. So the amount of like amount of tension you get <clears throat> will decrease over time. Everyone yeah. gets seen your face. But let's say I let's say I move I go to I don't know, to East London or to a different city, then the the amount of message you get is absolutely wild. Like you get like mm. thirty people trying to message you all at once. So you get like oh, a big awesome. roll of people like, hi, hello, how are you? Hi. Mm, yeah. <laughs> you have to be quite selective in um in responding to, which is different to Tinder because obviously like they can be found pretty much within like a radius and you only yeah. put them if you match with them. You can decide the radius, can't you? I think mine is yeah. maybe 80 miles I've done, which is obviously quite far, but, but the majority, oh it is quite far, yeah. I think, um, yeah. But I think most will be from like the northeast, and then I might get a, a few in Scotland, and then like some as far down as Leeds, maybe, um, with the radius yeah. that I do. I think without my girlfriend on Tinder, so I'm just like, oh yeah, it's great. Most <laughs> I hear like when talking about like men on Tinder, I'm just like, oh my god, these lot are the, wow, that's just very mad. Yeah. And I think um, yeah, I've heard a lot of horror stories from Hinge as well for like straight women as well, and I. I think it's just, I think it, the game just differs when you, when you have to talk to men. I won't lie. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just different. Like, you know, the game is different. The game is 100% uh, different. But I'm glad you mentioned Hinge, Rachel, because Kieran. <laughs> I'm just joking. I know what's coming, like. <laughs> so, so, what was it, the last podcast? I asked you. Was indeed. Had you downloaded downloaded Hinge and you hadn't yeah. yet, even though you said you would. Mm. So, I'm on the cusp. Don't worry. 
What do you mean? I'm like, not. I, I, no, I'm, don't give me. I said, don't give me. I did say. Either you downloaded it or you haven't. I haven't. However, <laughs> I said I wanted to groom it, so I've, I've like I've groomed up now. So I'm gonna take some pictures soon. Just you know, because my pictures like the most recent ones from like a year ago. So I need I need some fresh pics. So it's it's imminent aims. I don't. I'm forgotten. You know, I'm not the world's biggest procrastinator, and I, I do get things done. But like in my own drawn out protracted schedule it's gonna happen don't worry yeah so, right, and also my so, new flatmate has been um pestering me about it too like, <laughs> all of like, all of this all of this you're saying you know that like get a get a shape up like do these do these photos is nice but that is exactly procrastination the tinder to use the the photos that you use for tinder you can use for hinge so so what's the excuse Oof. okay so like, <laughs> <laughs> Get the Barney. Um, okay, so maybe I should just okay use my old one. Use the pics that need updates. Add the new ones during the week. Do you think? Yeah. Should I do it today? Maybe. Do it yeah. today. Yeah. I probably, today. Could, I probably could do it today. To be fair. Um, you know, Rachel. I remember a time when you drew me out in a pub over my uh, over my dating profile. Oh my god! What did I say? <laughs> 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 that drug. <laughs> We'd been drinking at the time and I showed okay. my hinge profile and I said that I was six foot and you were like you made me like measure myself against everyone um everyone <laughs> 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 I don't remember you being six foot. I thought you were like five ten. I'm like so technically I think uh. I'm like five in there, like I'm like maybe like a really small bit off six foot, but it's more six foot oh. than five eleven. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure because you're you must be taller than me, surely. You say that, like, but like I'm like literally like what? Maybe is, is it, and also, is it because you have hair and I I don't have hair? Like Probably, I, yeah. So I so I had it. There was a bit of room for error, but I went to so some kind of science museum in Bristol. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Um, and you know you, you can just measure yourself and i did it properly i took my shoes off i stood straight mm-hmm. back against it and i was one eight one centimeters which is five eleven and a half like exactly that, that's without shoes i'm so i say i'm six foot with like you know from wearing bands or whatever but i always say five eleven and a half and the half is very important <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, I'm not like i'm i'm i am bitter i didn't hit six foot but never mind i can't do anything about that but um <laughs> i always think i thought andy you were like maybe a tiny bit taller than me like maybe like like a little bit taller than you. You definitely think I'm t- you definitely think I'm taller than you than I actually am. Right. Okay. But you must be oh. small. I'm I'm just under six. Yeah. Like barefooted. Like. <laughs> it's closer. to six foot than than not six foot. And it's, it's close enough for, for for me not have to be drawn out like that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Ben are so sensitive about the height because it's such a thing, and it's just funny. I just. I think it's a height to weird one because a lot of people exaggerate the height and yeah. it leads to a lot of like um because so many people exaggerate or don't know then there's also a lot of confusion but because mm-hmm. I've, I've made sure I'm monitored mine like properly so I can say like my true height is but um I've had people look at me oh you must be like five nine or something I was like there is no in, there is no dimension in which I'm five nine like <laughs> yeah it's just not gonna happen but um so- I'm not um Kieran, so that's a good question. Do you would like if you want to date someone, do you want them to be like how tall do you want them to be? Like oh, I, was just, I, was, I was just about to go on to that. So <laughs> I am so overall I'm not too fussed about height. However, I will say if a guy is notably short noticeably shorter than me or noticeably taller than me, I find that quite attractive. But I'm not hung up on height as, per se as a factor. 
But if there is like a discrepancy, it can be like taller or shorter. And that is a bonus point, I find. Okay, fair enough. You don't care, really. <laughs> You've just told us you don't care. I know that's the thing, but I don't know. Like, it's I'm not too well, exactly. I'm not too fussed. Like, if someone's the same height, and they're like fine. But if they're short, I'm like wow. If they're tall, I'm like wow, kind of thing. But oh, I wouldn't. Okay. I would never like. I would never cut someone off for height. I don't think. I never looked at someone like, oh, you're too short, or you're too tall. But I just like. But different to what I am is more attractive, I guess. Okay. How about you guys? Yeah. Any strong feelings? <laughs> I I do. I, I I do like a tall babe. I won't lie. Like yeah. I do I do like um, women are a bit are taller than me. But to be honest, if they're like I'm five seven, so I think an average height for a woman is five five. Something like five, that, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So like I'm, I'm more on the tall side. So if they're like if they're five five, I'm not gonna be like no. I do <laughs> like a five uh-huh. eight five nine energy around me. Nice. So I prefer if they're the same height or a bit shorter. So everyone I've dated, everyone I've dated or, or like dated for a long amount of time or been in a relationship with has been shorter, has been shorter than me. <laughs> everyone else. Actually, you have, I've never, obviously I haven't met your boyfriend. How tall is he? He's about five foot ten. So, um, okay. so mm-hmm. our height is similar. I'm like, like just a bit taller. So like if you look at me, it's like look up slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's for your ego. And I'm not gonna lie. I'm, I mean, if you were the same height or feels slightly taller than me, I wouldn't have an issue. But like, if you're six foot two, I'm, I'm not sure how I'm yeah. not sure how I would deal with Maybe. that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm even mad if someone's six foot two. Like, yeah, but you, you move mad then, anyway. Yeah. No, but I'm even mad for like. Yeah. To be okay. Fair enough. For like. I think like if someone's six foot two, like I said, it's the discrepancy. So if someone's six foot two, I'm like, wow. And if, so, if, so, if a guy's like five, six, five, seven, then again, I'm just like, oh. <laughs> like <laughs> rationality. I just like height difference. But then, so like I said, I like height difference. But if someone's similar height to me, it's not. It's in no way, shape, or a deal breaker at all. Like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I I think if someone's taller than me and we were dating, it's something I'd have, I'd have to like. Work, work through. I wouldn't say it'd be a deal. Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> I have to think to myself, like it's something I have to get used to. I guess. But, yeah. but also, someone made it. Was it? Was I talking to you or someone? It's was, it was probably a meme that I saw on social media, but saying that a lot of gay men are just short. I want to think about it. I'm thinking. <laughs> I was like, I was thinking. Actually, you know what? To be fair, like. Obviously, I see tall gay guys. Obviously, but like in general, like everyone's. I'm usually one of the tallest in a group, and I don't think I'm like you know for a guy. I'm I, I'm kind of tall, but I'm I'm by, I'm by no means like a tall person. I'm kind of a little bit above average height, I guess. For a guy, was it for a dude anyway? Um, it's about it's, five foot nine. Five yeah, nine, five yeah. nine. So I'm yeah. slightly above average, but I think tall to me is six foot one and upwards. Um, yeah, in my head. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well. Yeah. Maybe our game and short. Oh, it's actually like. It's a really bad stereotype, but you just imagine that like guys who are shorter, more petite, to be like more of like a bottom. <laughs> well, like I'm just—I'll be honest. Like if some—if a guy is quite short and he's got a fat ass, I, I think it's—it's it's very attractive. Like I just think it's. <laughs> but like, but there, but there are six foot four bottoms out there. Like, there like, are. They yeah, I, I feel sorry for them because I think people assume because of their, mm. you know, because of their stature that they're, they're tops or something. Um, yeah. But yeah. 
But like six foot four is awkward height though. Like it's nice. Uh, it's nice to look at, I guess. But like it's kind of, you know, like I think was it like you know for like, for, like the, um, a runway model, it's like five eleven to six foot two, with like six six foot one ish being like a perfect model height, or whatever. And then I think after six foot two, they usually like, oh they're a bit too tall, or whatever. But um, like, it's, it's not a massive issue. To, I think the tallest guy I've been with was six foot four. Oh, yeah, I went on a date with yeah. six foot four. We had we a six foot four bottom. <laughs> I went on a date. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was it was weird. Yeah, it was it was strange. <laughs> so log- logistically weird, yeah. Like. <laughs> 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 uh, like Oh. It's a family show. It's not a family show. I'm just joking. Oh, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh well, I was gonna ask actually. So like, I've never known actually. Like, I've known I've had friends who are like queer women, but I've never had them through like the dating the dating process. I always hear is that like when it's two women in the situation. Like it's always based like from zero to a hundred. So like after two months, something like you're then then moving in moving into each other's mm-hmm. houses and shit and like planning wedding uh-huh. dates. Yeah. That's so a, that's a stereotype, isn't it? That is a stereotype, but it's very, very true. Like women mm. are amazing, but we can be quite like intense and like especially if you meet someone and you're and like you might meet if I met if I was twenty one year old me, when I met like other like women that I vibe with I was just like okay like this is like there was a, there was a level of like this is it like this must be yeah. it. <laughs> whatever it is this must be it and then so there's like the whole like lesbian U-Haul thing like you move in together and within three months and then within six months you're married and then within a year you're divorced like it's just like it's so intense like uh, <laughs> there's this um this thing that my girlfriend always jokes about like called the lesbian urge to merge like you just like start looking like each other start dressing like each other you're just very like super like in sync and stuff like it's very like it can be really really intense but i think that's more of also like when you're a bit like younger i think hopefully like getting older like dating more people and just like realizing that you can take your time um and like life doesn't have to be like such a super super rush and stuff i think then it kind of becomes more of like a ah like obviously time is a construct and if you like someone and you want to move forward with them and it's only been a a few months then it's your prerogative to do what you like but i think most definitely when i was younger it was just like when i was younger and just more like just a bit more excitable and a bit more like oh this is new and just like like do you know what i mean but Mm, i do think mm. that's a very accurate stereotype it happens (laughs) 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 just take their time like (laughs) I was the uh, I was talking to a woman in and it, it was literally that they were together for two months and, and we were moving in together. Yeah. Two months. Mm-hmm. That's mad. By then, I think when you juxtapose that with like gay men, it's like I've heard a lot of like, oh no, no one wants to commit. It's like oh, one hundred percent, yeah, one hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, I think with gay men, it's the stereotype I've heard is that if they do get into a relationship, it can be very, very fast as well. But then it's mm-hmm. over very, very fast too. That's always the one I heard. It's like, oh, you know, they move fast, and then, but within three months, they hate each other and don't talk to each other again. Um, most, but then, my person, my personal experience, just being everyone wants to hook up. But, yeah, basically, yeah. Um, I think that that with gay men, most of them will be single. 
So, um, yeah, they'll be single, they won't be in a relationship. And a lot of those who are in relationships are in, like, open relationships, so they can, like, just sleep yeah. on people. <laughs> and uh, I know, like, if you contrast, like, someone who, like, you meet within three months of moving in, I know, like, situationship between people who, like, lasted, like, two years or something. I've been in a situation with someone before that lasted, like, like, like close to a year without any like, any form of relationship happening happening out of all of it. So yeah, and really? I think um, it's rare, or I don't think it happens often for like gay men to get married. I'd love to know like what the, um, what the statistics on that work. Oh yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Actually. I've got one friend who breaks the stereotype. He he's like the complete opposite to me. So I'm never in a relationship, and he always seems to be in one. Um, so. I think when I met him, he was just, he was getting this new one when he broke up. Then he was single for a few weeks and then he met another guy. And like the lesbian stereotype, actually, he kind of, um, it went really fast within a few months they moved in together. Um, but they're still together now. And he, he, I think he was just like, yeah, we just know at that point. But maybe, I don't know, maybe it's because he's a bit older. I've, mm. I've heard people say, oh, when you're a bit older, you know what you want. So you kind of, if it's moving fast, it's probably for the right reasons because you've you've been around enough to know what works, what doesn't, and you've seen the patterns. Mm. Um, but I thought he moved really fast, but he's, he's happy, really happy, so. How long have you been? Let me think, so his new relationships would have started late 2018, so two, 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 two and a half years, I guess. Mm. Well, yeah, that's a good amount of time, yeah. So, yeah. But I, mean, I think they were, they were living together in the first six months, but it seems to have worked out for him. I need to catch up with him, actually. I'll give him a message later. I actually forgot to mention, Rachel, that um, I Googled you before the um, started to read some of your other work. Mm-hmm. And I saw an article um, on AD Magazine, which is like um, my great cultural places to visit. Um, yeah. On that. And then I saw one about like colorism, which was on another magazine type. This I can't time. remember which one it was. Yeah. yeah. So in the part, I think at the end of uh, last, last month, you know, last year, uh, I wrote an article for AZ Magazine uh, for Black History Month about the best like Black history spots in London mm-hmm. because I feel like when you think about Black history, we don't really like realize that London, this London has been such a hub of like Black British history. Um, so I gave like a rundown of like different areas to go to. Obviously, like Notting Hill was a big one, Brixton, and just different like events that have happened there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was really fun to write. Um, and I also wrote an article about colorism in especially in the LGBTQ uh, community, like dating wise, like from, so when I was growing up, I used to watch the L word. The L word was like the mm. most like infamous, like lesbian dating show ever. And I watched it even before I thought I was queer. I watched that, there was five seasons and I watched all five seasons two or three times before I, and I thought I was straight doing that. I, I don't know how I thought that. Um, and all the women in there were either white or light skin. So in my head, I was just like, okay, only light skin people can be lesbians. And that was mm. my thing for the whole, for the longest time. And then I obviously realized that that was false. And then going out into like clubbing spaces, seeing who was the most chosen, who was the most like desirable. It was always like light skin people or light skin women to be like specific. And I was just like, oh, this is this is interesting. So like, um, we all kind of think of like queer dating in like a, like a vacuum that is not impacted by heteronormative standards, but it definitely like is. 
Mm-hmm. And that was what the article was basically about. And that was for System Magazine. Um, and I also wrote one for Meetings of Minds. Uh, and that was about Ruth Ellis, who was the oldest living uh, oldest living black lesbian. And she died in 2001 at the age of 100, 101, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And she used to run like a really amazing like parties and gatherings um, in her house for the black queer like people around her. And it was they were just so amazing and so infamous. And the piece was basically that I wrote was basically like a just a imagining of what it would be like to go to one of parties. Um, yeah, like that's kind of I think those are like my favorite things that I've kind of written in the past like few months. Yeah. Do you have like do you have them in one, like, one place maybe? Yeah. You so, if you, place? so if you follow me on Instagram, they're all in the link in my bio. Um, so they're just all listed there. Um, okay. That's it. Right. So yeah, um, it's been great talking to you, Rachel. You guys. Do. Um, congratulations again for um backing this new role with Chapter Z magazine. Um, so. The, the website is the, the chapter these and tell, tell us like all the website links and everything so on instagram and facebook and twitter it's chapter z magazine and it's just like www.chapterzmagazine.com and you'll find all the good stuff so much good content coming out especially since next month is obviously lgbt history month so we've got so much exciting things coming. So just stay tuned. And yeah, it's been absolutely lovely talking to you guys. Okay. It's been like, honestly, really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, if, um, if we can follow you, um, do you want to put your Insta handles or? Oh yeah, me. It's <laughs> like the magazine. <laughs> um, on Instagram, just Rach underscore Datey um, and the same on Twitter too. Excellent. Thanks, yeah, thanks for coming, uh, thank Rachel. I really enjoyed talking to you today. Yeah. I'm finally uh, meeting you as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a long time coming, I reckon. <laughs> if, you hadn't, if you hadn't done this podcast episode, I reckon you would have met in person at some point. It would have been before now had it not been for coronavirus. But Adamonium. Here yeah. we are. Anyway, um, thank you to everyone for listening. We're Black Boy Joy Podcast. Follow us on Insta. We're available to stream on anywhere good that you stream podcasts on. And my handle is Black Boy Joy Podcast. Our Twitter handle is Black Boy Joy Pod, BLK. I'm going to edit that bit out. <laughs> but yeah, that's another, um, that's a laugh of the one in the can. So thanks everyone for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.